Welcome to the New Space India podcast, a bi-weekly talk show that brings you exclusive stories from people driving India's space activities. The New Space India podcast is pleased to announce our association with Dassault Systems, a global leader in providing businesses and people with collaborative virtual environments to imagine sustainable innovations. Dassault Systems Solutions supports startups, small and medium-scale enterprises, and original equipment manufacturers in developing disruptive solutions for space launchers and satellite propulsion. Hi and welcome to yet another episode of the New Space India podcast and today we have uh, Suyash here who is a part of Galax I is that correct the pronunciation Absolutely Right thank you Suyash for getting on the show and welcome to you and look forward to listening about your journey and you know what you try to do and then uh, you know how we could support you Absolutely now and thank you for having me here first of all and uh, uh, it's it's a pleasure being you know a part of New Space India and it's also a pleasure being a uh, you know part of space tech community in india particularly so uh, about me you know i uh, i come from iit madras a masters student uh, i mean i am a masters gra- graduate from iit madras before that i did my undergraduation in mechanical engineering from a very small town it's called bhopal and uh, from where you know i did that and then i went on to do few uh, know gain some corporate experience in several uh, industries for 4 to 5 years and then later on i realized then you know i need to do a little more in life so i joined iit madras i did my post graduation in masters uh, uh, post graduation in aerospace engineering and then you know from there on uh, i started to do a lot of deep tech things like you know so in while being at iit madras i started this team called a team avishka hyperloop uh, i was very excited about these stuff uh, that elon musk does and you know i had few friends in the us who were doing very similar competitions and you know i i was sitting in a hostel room one day and thinking about you know uh, is this something which is fascinating and why can't you know uh, our institute can try this or you know why are we so uh, on a back foot uh in terms of uh, such kind of deep tech technologies and the idea sparked there and you know i started the team and it's a, it's a long you know long story short we became the uh, only asian team in 2019 to qualify for spacex hyperloop pod competition and you know we were one of the teams who went uh, with a hyperloop pod with the propulsion mechanism it was not just you know one of the pods which will run but it will also propel itself so you know learning through the all vacuum technologies and several other things there uh, i got really confident about you know doing stuffs i i loved doing deep technology from there on i found right team members in the team and you know while roaming around la and san francisco meeting several alumni uh, in in los angeles as well as in san francisco you know uh, we got fascinated about space technology in general and then you know the first idea that came us to uh, came to us was can we take hyperloop technologies and put it into space tech right and from there on we started figuring out did some feasibility studies right you know how to launch rocket using hyperloop or you know how to do several other things using hyperloop technologies so after that we 
did a lot of feasibility studies. We talked to our advisor, who is Professor Chakravarti, who is also a co-founder advisor to Agnikul Cosmos. Right. So after talking to him, we understood that you know probably uh, hyperloop technologies are not really uh, affordable when it comes to space tech. So you know, but while doing all of these things, uh, we understood Earth observation really well. We understood there's a gap in Earth observation. And then, you know, from there on, we started to think about, okay, uh, this is something that we can do. And, you know, we literally four or five people came together as a team to start Galaxy Space. Fascinating. So I'm sure that, you know, you have a, a totally different, you know, perspective because there are generations of space enthusiastic students that uh, have come through over the last 15 years or so. I still remember the students at uh, IIT Bombay who started the original Pratham program and, you know, they were talking about it back in 2006 or seven or something like that. And I was around, you know, in the same time working on small satellites uh, back then. And I knew those guys uh, quite well. Unfortunately, a lot of them had to leave the country and, you know, join NASA or other institutions uh, at the end of the day to kind of keep working in the sector uh, while they couldn't possibly start a company or something like that. And today it's taken that generational change for, you know, people to then say, we're going to start a company around all of this or people to say, we'll fund this, right? So that's a big uh, generational gap. So how much of this entrepreneurial spirit do you see, you know, among your peers or so on moving from, you know, typically being a very well educated uh, coming from you know set up like the IITs and moving towards uh, entrepreneurship you know uh, there's a culture at several premier institutes at the of the country uh, you know including uh, IITs as well as NITs and probably pits right all of these institutes i think have now built a culture of innovation in a way you know students there participate in several competitions where they not only learn about the technology, right? They also understand what is procurement, what is fundraising in terms of sponsorship, you know, what is team management, you know, using tools like uh, Notion, Slack, all of these things, right? So they they undergo an experience which is exactly what a startup does, right? So I think you know that motivates them, that prepares them to take up such kind of uh, challenges and you know take up such kind of initiatives so i think it is very important for uh, all of these students to you know go ahead do extra uh, co-curricular activities which involves deep tech engineering and other things so you know and doing these kind of things at at the institute gives you such level of confidence where you can make a good decision between you know choosing a high funder corporate job or doing your own startup Right. And the resources which are available, of course, there are a lot of industry, uh, you know, uh, alma maters or there are other people who come to the institutes, help us in understanding the market, help us shaping the product, help us shaping the idea. So I think the platform is pretty, you know, I would say better than what it was seven years or eight years before. And it's much resourceful in every sense. Uh, but at the same time, I think... Uh, we are more prepared, right? Like the, the generation before us wasn't prepared because there was no culture of innovation in that in the sense it is today. 
So in that way, I think, yes, it's uh, extremely resourceful to be there. And uh, we are pretty much prepared to undergo the challenges and, you know, seas of unknowns and other things. And tell us a little bit about your own co-founders, because I know that, you know, you seem really motivated as such. You also need a bunch of other motivated people along with you to build a company, especially in this industry, right? So how is it that uh, you are able to pull together a team that possibly has some complementary skill sets to be able to then, you know, not just build technology and also do business, also take care of other things, right? So uh, how was it, you know, that your team formed so I think it was pretty straightforward in our case, right? Uh, we all know each other from like last four to five years. We have worked together for three different versions of Team Avishka Hyperloop, like three different generations. Now the fourth generation is also working and they are coming up with a pod very soon. But we have worked together for so long that we understand, you know, how things go together, you know, with, with each other. And... At the same time, we have seen people taking different initiatives and, you know, in a way it is very complimentary. For example, Daniel is my co-founder. You know? So Daniel is also a master's in aerospace engineering at IIT Madras. He, he loves technology. He, he, he definitely goes into, you know, the deep maths of the things. He likes to you know, uh, break down the technology to the core and understand everything, every aspect of it. So, you know, definitely that makes him the best person to sit and, you know, do the tech tech, tech part of it. Then we have three more people, right, who, who are not the co-founders, but are, they are very core and founding team members of the startup. All of those three people also bring a variety of skill sets in the team. So, namely Rakshit, Kishan and Pranit. These three people have done different things. For example, Rakshat is extremely excited about the computing stuff. So, you know, he brings in a lot of capabilities as well as a lot of motivation and excitement towards advanced computing stuff. At the same time, Pranit is more about business development, right? He has done a lot of things when it comes to Hyperloop and managing stuff and here and there. Plus, Kishan is very much into the product development. And Kishan, all of these people, you know, some or the other way, we have led Team Avishkar in different generations as well. So the leadership experience is, you know, is common between all of us. But I think it is very, it was very complementary in, in, in terms of skill sets and capabilities that we all had together. Right. And, and we found each other. It was not that, you know, I started searching people. We found each other at the same place same same time okay fine we'll do this okay you are the right guy you are the right guy and that's how we came together yeah fascinating always um, from your uh, in early stages on all of this uh, you talked about changing ideas from one to the other and coming up to the idea of the one that you are now pursuing with uh, galaxy itself so can you walk us through you know what is your goal and what are you trying to achieve and you know, what is the product that you're trying to build? When we were doing Hyperloop, we started from zero to one, right? We started from scratch. We had nothing in hands. And then, you know, we went to the uh, prototype level. Similarly, in Galaxy Space, you know, we started from, we didn't want to start from scratch, right? Satellite industry is way ahead than what we have to think today. 
right satellite industry is mature enough because of uh, you know uh, organizations like isro nasa esa and you know several other private players in the industry so you know it was very important for us to uh, make sure that the differentiation is really useful to the market and customers that we have right so actually what we did was you know when we got stuck with the same idea we went and did a customer discovery we went and talked to approximately 70 customers across the world because of the pandemic it was you know definitely helpful that we don't have to travel to every country but you know we were still able to do a e meet and talk to them understand their pain points and other things right we never wanted to just make the product on the first place right we wanted to go a little backwards because technology is something that you know definitely there are a lot of experts much better than us you know who can guide us to build something but we wanted to build something which is really needed from the market right and galaxy space is then came together to build a satellite which is extremely useful to the customers in a way the market is today is moving towards deep learning and machine learning applications a lot more than before even in geospatial community so our idea is more on enabling deep learning and machine learning people to do right things right there are several level of data sets that come from the satellites be it l0 l1 and l2 right raw data semi processed data and processed data our idea is to you know feed data scientists and data analysts and industries with the right data set which they can directly plug and play for their machine learning and deep learning applications at the same time we are trying to provide them a lot more computing uh, you know aspects and trying to do pre processing things from for for them right away you know without wasting too much time of theirs utilizing raw data converting that into insights and then giving it to their customers so that is the value proposition that we found you know that solves a little more i think you know many pain points of the customers that we talked in the past right very interesting in this sense so when you said that you had the challenge of reaching customers early stage customers talking to them among the pandemic uh, and all of this uh, i'm sure that you know there was uh, you know people who you talked to locally and people who you possibly reached out uh, internationally uh, at the same time so was there any you know specific reactions to both uh, local and international players that was distinct in such a fashion and i know that as early stage founders getting meetings being young and trying to get meetings with right decision makers could also be kind of very challenging in all of this how has been your experience between all of these you know generally i think it was quite overwhelming in every sense right because i i i found it completely opposite right when when we started talking to people uh they never you know they never uh, said no i mean almost everyone like we had 90% conversion rate to do a meeting with anyone we reached out right and they they were so excited about you know that a young team is trying to work on something like this and like we talked to different kind of archetypes like we talked to decision makers we also talked to people who were doing actual data science and analysis and other things so all of these people you know were really help, helpful in every aspect they talked a lot 
you know in a way that they don't reveal much of the information from their company and firm but then they talked a lot they they empathized with us they they tried to tell us you know more and more pain points of the problems that they had and it was a good experience i would say you know it was it wasn't very different like the way uh, we had interactions here in india it was very similar across the world right everyone entertained us in a very similar fashion and that is i think because of the way geospatial community is now coming up coming together and moving you know in a very accelerated fashion so it was great right and you know what you are trying to build is more or less um, something in the earth observation sector which is basically cameras and trying to fly cameras to capture data at the end right so when it comes to this kind of image acquisition and spatial data capturing and things like that there is different niches you know you can image the earth in just visible light or you can image the earth multiple times in different uh, bands you know create uh, hyperspectral data cube or you can do synthetic aperture radar you can do you know short wave infrared you can do thermal imaging this lots of options uh, that are out there so far what has been your sense of uh, how this market has evolved because today you see over the last 10 years there's been number of earth observation companies that have prominently come up you know companies like Pip- planet have targeted uh, rgb and a few other bands and satellogic has come up you know pixel is coming up in india as well uh, so where do you see still gaps coming up and where do you exactly see that you will be filling that gap right so there are three time three kinds of things that we figured out you know one is spatial resolution another is spectral resolution third is temporal resolution right now these are the three resolutions where any earth observation company will come and try and optimize right like they want higher cadence they want higher resolution they want higher spectral resolution right uh, but you know at the end of the day a customer or anyone wants the most meaningful data set to you know analyze and they don't want to go through an inaccurate uh, way of doing things right and the availability of the data sets priority of the low paying customers and priority of the premium paying customers there are several other variables right the earth observation com- community is trying to solve today i think being a flurry of earth observation companies uh, still doesn't suffice you know uh, the total demand of the market there needs to be much more birds up there to do more sensing to open up a commercial segment because most of the companies who are already out there are more reliant on defense projects but the commercial aspect of the earth observation is still unlocked it's still locked right we the we need to build capabilities and skill sets to unlock all of these things now talking about the differentiation that we have is you know we are a company who's trying to give a data set which is you know not exactly optical which is consisting of rgb nir or not exactly you know radar it is somewhere in between and it's a hybrid sensor right and we are coming up with a very different sensor which kind of has a has properties of radar as well as has properties of optical right so so as to make data more available as well as more make data more meaningful to the customers 
right? And at the same time, our job is not to bombard customers with the data, like, you know, giving them a lot of metadata to just, you know, solve, uh, like spend n number of hours to crunch the data and then come up with the insights or something. Our, our job is to give them the most meaningful data set as well as to give them some ground truth reality with the data set to see that, okay, this is something which will make sense, right? When they train their models, be it deep learning or machine learning, or when they do some analysis on top of it, be it soil moisture calculation, vegetation monitoring, or anything like that, they should see some reality validating and calibrating with the data set, right? So it's a mixture of a solution which is extremely ideal or, you know, as few customers have quoted for the solution for us is like, it's a dream of any remote sensing engineer to have such kind of data set. So you would say the proprietariness of your work so far is the creation of the payload and figuring out, you know, what the customer sees as a gap in the payload or the image data that they are getting so far. Absolutely. Interesting. So, and there's, of course, uh, the bus that needs to be built, the satellite itself, and you need to do a bunch of other things to actually get this stuff up, right? So how is your approach? Because, I I mean, there's, you can do a vertical integration. There are other companies that are using, you know, third-party bus uh, manufacturers so that they just can focus on the payload itself. Uh, what has, uh, you know, been your strategy so far? So in terms of strategy, you know, uh, it's important for us first to you know demonstrate the payloads capability of uh, you know doing stuffs so our focus currently is more towards payload uh, as of now but you know down the line six months or eight months from now we are we are planning or you know we have started to talk to people and you know get those components like power distribution system or power generation system or any anything which you know consists of the bus so, of course, you know, there's no plan to do a vertical integration to everything by our own, right? We want to leverage the capabilities which are already available. And, you know, we want to follow or, you know, chase the vision that we have rather than, you know, reinventing the wheel. So, for sure, you know, the partnering is the key. Ecosystem play is definitely the key here. Not just for us, but any company, you know, in India who are trying to do that. And of course, with the in-space program coming in, kicking in is a is a boon for for sure. And you know, we definitely look forward to that. But of course, that comes at a stage, and we are no not in hurry to do anything. Like you know, people come and tell us oh, you don't have a first mover advantage or something. Then I told them, and then I tell them, you know, General Motors was the first company to come in India, and it doesn't exist anymore today. So it's not about being the first; it's about being the right. Yeah, I mean, definitely I agree with that. And, you know, you should always give it a try. If you have customers and you have demand, there's nothing that stops you from uh, trying, of course, in all of this thing. And it's also interesting that I guess I saw that you also raised uh, seed capital uh, from um, Vishesh and, you know, especially Invest. Of course, I've also recorded an epi episode with uh, Vishesh as well. Uh, who talked very interestingly about his thesis and where he sees opportunity and all of this. Given that, you know, Vishesh already knows about the sector quite well and, you know, Speciale has made quite a few investments, uh, including in 
in Agnikul and Kava space and others uh, as well. So there may be a lower barrier to educating him about the opportunity and the sector, right? So I guess you definitely benefit from that. So what has been your journey in, in raising this capital so far? Right. So I think uh, what we have done so far is not the seed round, but we have only done the pre-seed round as of now. And, uh, you know, absolutely. Uh, I think Special Invest uh, and Wishes in particular, you know, are, ex- I mean, extremely well-known people in space tech today. You know, they invest a lot in space tech uh, in different companies. Uh, and they they understand the tech for sure. And we don't have to, you know, run through them from the basics and other stuff. That was definitely helpful. But at the same time, you know, the relationship between uh, with special invest has been more like you know they trust the team more than you know what we do like you know the idea and concept is i think secondary when it comes to you know uh, teams for vishesh and other people so you know the pedigree to to do stuff from end to end is extremely important and in our case it really fit well uh which you know with our investment conversations with Vishal invest and for that matter other investors as well but you know of course we wanted to uh have that space tech uh sense in all you know in the vcs at least in the beginning of the stages and of course all the other people are catching up we'd love to you know talk to them make them understand what we are doing and you know go ahead when we we are and when we think it's the right time to go and talk to them. Uh, so investment experience, I think it, it was pretty pretty good uh, because we got to learn. It was a learning experience, I would say, you know, m- more than just raising funds, right? Because uh, doing building a company, right, uh, it, it's an altogether different experience because building technology, using grant money and other things, we have done it before. But building a company was an exciting you know uh, journey and raising funds for the first time was another exciting thing that we had uh, and it was all you know learning how a deep tech startup should start what it should do in steps to reach somewhere they, that they should reach right we were not in hurry uh, at any point of time you know we started in 2020 in april and this was like one year when we were talking to customers, when we were in some incubators, understanding, you know, devising the value proposition and other stuff. So we were continuously talking to Vishesh in a lot of other terms. Like we, you know, for six months or eight months, we had been talking to him. He helped us uh, to shape a few things for us as well. Right? Yeah. And uh, that, that was a relationship, you know, which uh, we were very fortunate to have at any point of time. So I think, yes. And in particularly, you know, talking about the deep tech investment, uh, it should be that way. I mean, that's what our learning has to say. If we if we raise too much or too less, uh, it's it's it is going to be very very tough. You know, because at every stage we have to demonstrate few things. Unlike you know the SaaS services, which are very different from what Space Tech does. Uh, if if you are building a SaaS product, probably you'll have number of users. You know. Uh, on your platform and other things but in in our case who are actually building the hardware right it will be very difficult for uh, anyone to demonstrate a lot of things in the beginning itself right so we need to cut short 
stages into several you know uh, small milestones uh, achieve it one by one and then you know uh, make that fit with the right uh, stage i would say right and then the right investors will also come in they will they will fund you and probably a uh, lot of investors apart from even vishesh you know are following our tree seed round have started to chat with us uh, and they're pretty excited about the domain right but then all of them wants to see the right fit and you know finding the right fit is very very important here for the investee and investor as well right and when you talked about building the payload and all of this i was just thinking if uh, you could also do something you know using drones or airplanes or things like that to fly your payload to do some uh, tests uh, or so on you know because getting to space is of course very expensive uh, are there anything you know that makes such logical steps where you can progressively mature the payload and then you know once the characteristics are more or less there you can bend it around the the satellite itself absolutely i think uh, that is the plan <laughs> possibly uh we are doing proof of concepts you know uh, we almost uh, done few iterations of the proof of concepts in the in lab scale uh we are now putting uh, those uh, you know components together in a miniaturized structure and format where we'll you know and then we'll take that on top of a quadcopter and uh, or, or you know the drones or the planes uh that are there which can fly um, i think not more than 500 meters or so first of at the at the first iteration and then slowly we'll take it to the, the aerial platform right and once we have that aerial platform confirmation right then we go to the space because i think space technology for sure everyone needs to has that space heritage and other things but we are you know uh, we are more on the grounds that possibly we will take a lot of help from the ecosystem to configure the satellite very well you know uh, with few experts here and there of course uh, we have few members in the team coming up you know joining us in a month or so who will be uh, more oriented towards space tech but the idea is exactly same narayan what you said right going to the drone and then going to an air, aerial platform and then going to the space right so space is a journey where probably uh, things are getting more you know standardized for example cubesat platforms or you know the kind of communications antennas or whatever is there like in terms of uh, secondary payloads but uh, it's also very important to understand you know what is your primary payload and what is your business case right and if both of the, those things put together are fine then i think ecosystem is extremely overwhelming to give you a lot of things which you don't want to build yeah absolutely and you know one of the things that i was just uh, taking note again was uh, how could the system help you now because one of the things that i saw you know i was having a discussion with somebody from axiom recently and they were saying that one reason why a lot of pharmaceutical companies in the us is able to do a lot of research on the international space station is because they get free crew time and free launch and you know that gives them the incentive to invest in some r&d and you know put together the effort itself so i was just thinking wouldn't it be fantastic if uh, isro gave you a, a free iod you know in orbit demonstration opportunity where you could just give them the payload and 
depending on you know the fit of the timeline of course that they would just put it together for, for you and then you could just launch it and get to space and prove that your you know payload really works on orbit and and through that you know get the validation that uh, everything works that to you could go together to then build a mission i mean that would be fantastic for the killer for the ecosystem right absolutely i think you know uh, i think people who are actually you know uh, who are indian registered companies you know the companies who are actually registered in india uh, right uh, they uh, they probably have that uh, benefit of uh, you know using some of the uh, facilities from isr for example there is uh, at in every launch vehicle there is a space uh, it's called ps4 that we all know so ps4 gives you some time in the orbit where you can demonstrate your payload right of course you need to be in the uh, you know in the volumetric constraint you need to you satisfy a lot of tests as well right so that it doesn't uh, uh hamper the launch of the launch vehicle but they they definitely have those facilities uh, as a student project maybe or as a startup as well you can possibly go there and do that uh we are also trying to do that but you know at the same time there's also another avenue that is opening up a lot of startups who are now building launch vehicles you know like agnicol and skyroot in india they will possibly do the first round of tests right uh, maybe something like suborbital loss or you know and all of these things so all of the startups you know who are into uh, satellite payloads or who are into small sats cube sats should also you know think of uh, trying up with them to to do some small testing right possibly isro launches every 3 4 months but uh, all these new startups can also you know Uh, they learn from failure you learn from failure and you know this is how we can learn together so i'm saying you know it's good to be dependent on the government for a lot of things but it is also good to be interdependent and you know be more independent of uh things which are going to come from the government we can't just talk uh, everything and we can't just expect everything from the government right few things we have to do it on our own and that is all um, that is what our professor at iit madras is also trying to do right a lot of things trying to come up with our own and then you know at the final stage we involve isro or anyone like that yeah absolutely and you know of course it really helps if there is such a program from isro and you are able to get a free launch it's uh, saving a lot of money to these uh, you know young companies uh, of course in all of these things so as far as uh, you know you are concerned while building all of these payloads i know that a lot of the electronics ecosystem in india for especially high end electronics is very difficult because you have people who can do build to print or manufacture a lot of things if you design a pcb board or so on but to actually import any sensors or even have any sensors locally is very very difficult even in case of yours i'm sure that uh, you'll have to look at image sensors in others from sources abroad and there's a lot of uh, hassle in possibly getting them around the pandemic time now uh, as well so what has been you know your st- struggle with let's say supply chains or uh, how do you see this uh, sitting out of india uh i think you know so far as as an early stage company we haven't gone through that process yet you know at at a larger scale uh, we have gone through a smaller scale of course it was hectic 
it was you know uh, very difficult to procure items you know it takes a longer lead times sometimes the specifications won't match and there are other stuff that happens you know all across so uh, it it's a quite bit of a hassle so far you know but i think uh, uh, for example you know aggregators like yourself uh, is a place then or a solution where we can actually go and uh, directly source so i think that is something that people are trying to look for just like us you know whoever is in the ecosystem and that that is much more uh, sensible as well at the same time to do those kind of stuff but you know in case of uh, when we were doing avishka hyperloop uh, 70% of the components were sourced from uh, you know foreign countries in india and that time also i think you know we faced very similar problems you know getting the custom clearance getting the lead times cut short or you know getting delayed all the stuff and then uh, checks and many regulations and other things and so and so so forth but that time also i think what uh, who held us was all the government authorities who believes in new projects and innovation so it's a combination of you know right solution like you know a marketplace like yours as well as how in space or authorities come together to you know address the regulatory issues and you know that will make life uh, easy for all the entrepreneurs out there right so if both of these things come together in a very nice way and you know there's a straight away uh, funnel or a pipeline from where we can go and source easily that will be great Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that uh, Agnikul also benefited uh, from an infrastructure side is also the labs, right? The combustion labs uh, that you have in IIT Madras and others. For you guys, are there anything specific that you think are, you know, beneficial? Have benefited you specifically for the things that you are planning to do? Yeah, I think uh, you know we do have uh, multiple things at combustion lab. right we also have uh, been working out of the same lab from with tactical uh you know uh, there are few things you know which are actually uh, helpful like the anechoic chambers uh, they are also there at the combustion lab there are few drop towers and other things so i i say i think you know there are few components which we have to test outside but most of the things that we can do are actually available in the combustion labs apart from the lab where we work we also have department of electrical engineering you know electronics and professors you know who we can actually reach out to uh, get some of the help and they're very helpful in terms of you know uh, understanding uh, the problems that we face in terms of <clears throat> space electronics ruggedness or any other aspects and then they give the right advice uh, so i think the infrastructure uh, is of course at an early stage or for any early stage company um, it's out there uh, where we work uh, but then of course anyone requires more than uh, what they will be doing at several stages like stage 1 they will require few things stage 2 they will require few more things you know so we have to go one step at a time and with the help of advisors and mentors that we have we are trying to figure out the other facilities i know how to source them how to reach out to them and you know what is the best way to plug and play nice and what do you think are uh, 
you know, bottlenecks that still remain unsolved for companies like you, because, you know, a few years ago, almost access to capital was a problem or, you know, even if you raised any capital or so on, at some point of time, the regulatory framework was not fully opened up. Today, everything seems to be coming together for all of the companies like you and things seem to be, you know, getting into a kind of a clockwork where if you are reasonably good uh, with the technology that you are uh, establishing, you are establishing, then, you know, you have a very good shot with uh, building a, a pretty reasonably good company uh, out of India. So are there any things that you feel like, oh, this should be solved for, if not you, at least the next generation after you to, to get better access? Uh, I think uh, there are three things, you know, in particular, which every startup has to deal from the first day one, uh, you know, the investors, customers, and the, you know, people that they work with, the team. Right? Uh, I think access to capital, as you all already mentioned, you know, people are excited about space tech domain today. So access to capital is definitely something which is slowly getting solved. Uh, at the same time, uh, you know, regulations, I, I, I think the fourth pillar is the regulation. Right. And uh, the uh, first thing, you know, customers, I mean, if there is no market, there's no point of building a company. So for the first thing that is very important is to find out whether there is a product market fit or not. Right. We, even we are in the process of doing a lot of things to find the right product market fit. Right. We have solved till some point, but we still have to do that. In terms of investors, yes, I think access to capital is slowly getting, you know, accelerated. Uh, regulatory, of course, in Swiss. Uh, in terms of the talent and skill set, right, I think that is one gray area which we still have to, you know, really solve. Come, and teams like Avishka Hyperloop or, you know, for that matter, other formula teams across the universities in India are, are the people who are working on few tech, but, you know, they don't go too much deep on that sometimes right so i think skill sets and talent is also very important if they have right you know uh, right basics right fundamentals about space technology in general right uh, the course curriculum if they start including all of those things that will be great uh, but then yeah i think you know all of these things take time you know something which is unorganized has a lot of scope of innovation so i feel you know people who are there in the ecosystem should be able to solve all the all the all such kind of things and if they are not able to solve probably this uh, you know domain will not grow as much as it should grow so i think from my perspective um, everything has its own challenges right everything has it, it takes its own time to build trust to build visibility so when we were doing hyperloop like it took around 1.5 years to make people trust that you know this will run uh, so it takes its own time in every case, even with ISRO who uh, who are actually doing in space, but they still have to figure out a lot of nitty gritties of everything, right? A few few people will come uh, with un unprepared, few people will come prepared, and you know they have to ensure every safety aspects and other things. So it will take its own time, but I think one piece of the puzzle which is still you know behind is the uh, talent and the skill set which is required to build such companies. And what do you think about government opening up its uh, demand? So because I feel like somehow, you know, it's also interesting that there is not much 
demand exposed from government to startups in india when it comes to isro or drdo the whole space requirements that they have and you know this is one of the features of uh, nasa or other places esa or other places right where they're opening up government demand to this you know on one side i was i do think that uh, it's almost good that there's no government demand because you try to then force yourself to be more commercial and you know try to work with the industry straight away rather than you know living on limited government contracts because it's not very scalable uh, government contracts against commercial uh, contracts at the end right so although it's hard it becomes much more harder to build a business and you know be more successful it's one way of uh, scaling and making sure companies can survive and thrive uh, because you literally have to build a business around other businesses so what do you think about this because i see that one of the constant things that a lot of companies keep saying is i want more uh, government funding uh, or you know government contracts but somehow i think that you know there's uh, more interest in in trying to be more commercial because either you die very quickly uh, or you know you live to be very big absolutely you know uh, i think it's it's very important to learn from people in the silicon valley right the way they have uh, done things uh, and the way they have uh, progressed is uh, i mean it's independent of what government has to say to them like you know in the, in the sectors they have grown uh, we need to follow the similar framework right we can't i mean i have read few blogs like 2 years back or something where people used to write that satellite imagery you know 70% of the satellite imagery is bought by government today right even that number is not you know uh, very different from 70% even today i think you know government is definitely out there to help all of us but it is very important to have that commercial aspect i really don't you know believe in getting government grants for everything it is very very important to uh, get into the commercial aspect because commercial aspects are much more scalable even in terms of satellite imagery when we talk about satellite imagery we say that government is the biggest customer uh, yes sure uh, they are but you know uh, utilities probably has not figured out all the use cases today right maybe uh, agriculture has not completely unleashed the power of satellite imagery data today right maybe not uh, forestry or you talk about any segment like you know finance and finance insurance a lot of a lot of other people so if we have right ecosystem to provide right intelligence to the customers right we don't have to be independent on government contracts right so when when it comes to government contracts and when government is a customer then government is your investor right most of the time but then you have to depend get dependent on the grants of the government programs run by the government see space tech is is no more the old space right we we call it new space so we ha- if we, if it is a new space we have to think very new and, and we have to go commercial as much as possible and i think uh, government is betting huge they are trying to open up you know they are relaxing the policies they are they are trying to give all the help that a startup would need at an early stage or a, at a you know a matured stage or whatever it is uh you know dependency on government thing will not you know be a good idea i would say uh, and for us i think we are 
we're pretty sure and straightforward that commercial industry is something that you know uh, will will definitely take space tech somewhere else other uh, you know and that will only take us to orbits and beyond the orbits so as galaxy today we are doing earth observation tomorrow we'll do some some more some more things you know which is being an eye of earth in the galaxy is the vision so all of these things will be propelled by commercial entities more than government because you know government has to have that loop if, if industry doesn't need anything then government cannot help so as as a young entrepreneur i think you know that is something that i have developed over the last 3 to 4 years you know and and even in hyperloop we think uh it's not the job of the government to build all the infrastructure or everything right it's it's the job of all of us to put it together of course we need their help we'll go to them at the right time excellent and you know one of the things that i was thinking about when you talked about you know the use cases or so on so how much of uh, use cases do you think is uh, underutilized today when it comes to commercial companies when they you know try to use earth observation because i'm sure that there may be people who don't even understand that they could possibly solve something using earth observation right so what is your sense of uh, how much of uh, you know commercial businesses or even consumers the penetration of earth observation data generally in india uh i'm not completely sure you know uh, about the indian market but uh, in terms of the global market uh, i think uh, it's not even close to 20% you know of the use cases that earth observation can solve and that is actually because of few problems like affordability right uh, people are uh, not able to afford such high cost high resolution satellite imagery today uh, at the same time you know availability is also on another problem globally you know uh, not many of the use cases have been solved today in the in the commercial sense uh, there's a lot of potential because uh, of the re- recent developments in semiconductors as well as you know machine learning and deep learning and ai side of the things right and the integration of those aspects to uh earth observation will be something that commercial industry will look forward to right uh, in fact big industries you know i can't take their names but you know i have talked to them uh, extremely big multinational companies have been now forcing earth observation industry uh in a nice way they have been trying to talk to their customers to solve few of the problems with use utilizing earth observation and earth observation for you know an end consumer you know they don't they don't care about you know how from where the data comes be it satellite or drones or something what they want is the right analysis and cheaper cheaper solution so you know it's a job of the analytics companies and industries to you know do a multimodal analysis maybe take some census data from the ground and merge it with the earth observation data and then finalize you know finally give them some dashboard which tells them that this is the insight so i think you know that integration is yet to be proper right so now analytics companies have their own pain points end consumers have their own pain points and then data providers have their own pain points so you know galaxy wants to disrupt the way how analytics companies or intelligence providers you know uh, see earth observation data trade and you know there the integration we want to make it extremely smooth affordable for them and once they see this 
then the problem of you know understanding the data will be slightly lesser than what it is today right if if they get the right data which is extremely simpler to understand which they can directly feed into their computer vision machine vision algorithms you know they'll be really happy to do that and then they take that and finally build dashboards for the customer end consumers so you know the bottlenecks is because the defense or government agencies are more interested in surveillance and monitoring so you know they they want the raw data they want the accurate data so they you know they buy the data and then they make sense and then they make decisions but for the commercial industry it is much more than that right uh, it's it's about building the right insights and intelligence for them not just by looking at the data set but you also have to do the automation of everything right for example you task the data from the satellite you download the data you take that data to their ground station and you know it directly goes to their account in a way in in a, in a form of a pdf or report or something like that but you know it has to be automated in a way every monday i want to see you know for example if i'm an agriculture customer every monday i want to see you know what is the status of my cropland or if i'm a construction monitoring you know construction company i would like to see what is the progress in my construction right but i just want to see what is there i don't want to understand what is behind so that pipeline is still a little inefficient in by nature we have to make you know efforts to make it more efficient so that we reach, reach to the end consumer in a way yeah yeah very interesting and you know very exciting the way you narrated uh, all of this so i'm guessing then you are in the business of providing data but you will not be providing the analytics to the end user by yourself that's true yeah that's also very exciting because you know the use cases become very very broad and you know you can be like the uh, you know the foundation provider who then can you know whoever specializes in that particular industry can tailor the solution to that particular end user in that case absolutely right so you know one of the things that i definitely wanted to ask you in that sense is uh, what more can be done for more such young people for uh, you know to find more companies or to form uh, because at the end of the day if you look at the european space agency they have you know 20 different uh, business incubators around 20 different countries in european cities even more i guess they've incubated over 1000 companies in the last uh, 20 years and you know for example we are one of such companies uh, that has been incubated by isa right so uh, i know that you know your institute atri madras has a, has a culture of uh, supporting startups and you know you also have because of the brand of iit you also get possibly a lot of favorable support from isro and others so are there any like recommendations that you would like to provide based on your experience on you know how companies could be supported even if they come from you know smaller uh, cities or even smaller um, colleges or universities um i think you know at a level 1 uh, there are a lot of incubators in tier 2 and tier 3 cities in india right like uh, i think uh, one of them is called atal incubation cell right and in fact i i think isro is also tying up with atal innovation mission to do a lot of things in tier 2 and tier 3 cities so at a level when uh, i think they are trying their level best but at the same time it's very very important for everyone to become more aware 
right uh, so i think it's it's a it's a chicken and egg problem right uh, indian government or any government for that matter would definitely want to accelerate space tech uh, but at the same time the entrepreneurs or the you know people who really want to start up right they should understand the nitty gritties they should be more aware of you know what exactly needs to be done and the support will come through right e- even if you are in tier 2 or tier 3 cities people will pull you up if if you have the right mindset and if you are really aware of the problem statement right uh, because when we started i think we we faced all the similar problems uh, right we had some hypothesis which was completely different right and then uh, people came and told us you know this is not right you should do something else etc etc so you we had to learn make amendments at proper time and you know whoever is helping you mentoring you advising you right you have to listen to them try to come up with the right hypothesis and then i think you know to start at you can go to the level you know one incubators whoever it is you know be it uh, any kind of support you start small show some proof show some credibility and then you know move because the deltas will be very very important right even a even a working code working software stack will help uh, you to gain more traction amongst investors incubators or you know going to the conference talking to narayan you know right and talking to more such people in uh, the ecosystem joining a lot of clubhouse sessions right so becoming more aware uh, in every sense is is my advice to you know any entrepreneur out there and at the same time i think the support will follow once you become more aware and understand you know for example i, I think banaras hindu university is having some tie up with isro right so if you are around there you know and if you are aware that there is something like that go ahead talk to them you know i don't see any challenge in talking to someone who is running an incubator they are just lovely people to talk to and you know of course there will be challenges and everything takes its own time so you have to be patient about it right and one of the things of course is uh, a lot of young people approach uh, me and i'm sure they approach you as well in the sense about internships you know this is something that uh, a lot of young people want to get uh, today in india internships in space companies uh, do you also have you know internship programs at your company available we do have like you know, we we do have internships but uh like we have restricted ourselves uh to very uh, small number as of now you know 10 to 15 uh, interns offers and we have already circulated it but in future we definitely want to you know uh, take few more interns and the only problem i think you know with the space tech companies like us is if we you know the ip is too uh, ip is not safe you know when we have a lot of people coming in going out every now and then so uh, it, that is why you know people don't uh, people are not much inclined towards having an intern right someone who can actually work for 6 to 8 months or at least a year is a sweet time because you know then they also learn and then companies also get something in return so uh, yes internship uh, there are a lot of internships that we want to offer we we take them through a small evaluation process understand you know the fit with the problem statement or the job description and then we hire them right, as an intern as well as you know we have few full time people who can guide them on our regular intervals 
so that that is definitely there and i encourage you know to bug all these space tech companies in india just just go hammer and tongs call everyone email everyone get the internship if you are really passionate about it right so final question i know that i've taken almost an hour now from you uh, and it's been very insightful thank you so much uh, so what do you think um, is something that you will achieve in the next let's say 3 to 5 years where do you want to be in 3 to 5 years and you know overall just aside from you as well what is your assessment of how many new companies that you we will see in the next 3 to 5 years we will be definitely you know putting up a constellation in 5 years uh, from now and you know we would like to give uh the earth observation community what they want and you know we would like to establish the culture of commercial you know sense of earth observation and the real commercial sense of the earth observation image so that is our mission right uh, and we do have a lot of value propositions to solve that and, and of course we do want to serve everyone you know be it defense or commercial but we definitely want to encourage commercial entities to you know look into earth observation market and that is where you know most of the focus will be in next 5 years uh i think you know in the ecosystem a uh, lot of people will come and try and solve a lot of problems for example i think a fellow uh, fellow startup called digantra right they are doing a great job uh understanding what is the space debris and you know trying to uh, give insights when you are there in the orbit right over the mission and other things i think similar innovative and you know problem solving uh solutions are required and i think uh, the companies will fall in line they will fall in place uh, and, and they will find their own fit and every part of the value chain will be uh you know filled with companies in india because there's a lot of interest in people uh but my only advice to anyone is you know uh, it's very important to have right talent and right team uh, because you know you may promise a lot but you may not be able to deliver if you don't have right people in the team so uh, this is something that you know everyone should be uh, aware and and you know ha- keep it in their mind so don't just do startup for the sake of doing startup right? uh, if you really want to solve something uh, then do it all of these uh, things like you know uh, raising funding everything is a great learning experience but at the end of the day it's all about serving the customer that is there even though it is space tech right so few people think space technology is all about interstellar and other things right but it's it's not exactly that it is also you know serving people and trying to solve problems for people on earth and of course you know there are much more things like you know uh, which we want to do in future like sustainable sustainable cities on mars and other things but you know it will take its own sweet time but you know we have to develop an infrastructure so that we reach mars tomorrow so i think talent team is very important but i do see a lot of companies coming up taking one problem at of the value chain and solving it right Absolutely you know thank you so much uh, Suyash for uh, being on the show I think uh, it's been very insightful uh, I wish I had uh, the maturity at your age uh, uh, when I was you know at your age as well so I think yeah I, I see a lot of uh, very high quality 
entrepreneurs coming out of india uh, at very uh, young uh, ages right so i think it's always uh, very exciting in that sense i wish you and your team uh, the very best of luck as you build up and scale up and you know anywhere we could help we can we are always there to pitch in and help uh, please feel free to reach out to any of us in the new space india community and good luck with everything thank you again for being a part of the show absolutely narayan it was lovely chatting with you thank you